Hi guys, Pastor Mary Jean here. I'm so happy to be with you again today. Uh, every Thursday at noon, we come on in, in live to see you. And we've been studying out of the book of Judges, Judges chapters 4 and 5, in the, in the life of Deborah and Barak. And there's many episodes leading up to this where we've studied in depth on these issues. Uh, Miss Jessie's not with me today. I'm flying solo, so... Um, I'm hoping we will get through with this subject because I'm excited about the next thing coming. I believe we're going to be looking at The Authority of the Believer. This is a book by John Macmillan, and it's called The Authority of the Believer. I think it's something that every virtuous woman needs to know is her authority in Christ. So we'll be looking at that. Miss Esther, the queen in the book of Esther, uh, showed us a, a good picture of that in chapter 5. So I'm excited to get to look at that next week. So for this week, we're going to dive right in and look at, uh, I've made up some notes here. I just sat down and thought, you know, what did we get out of this? I, I like to know that, like I've said before, the New Testament and the Old Testament is concealed the Old Testament and the New Testament is revealed. So the Old Testament stories, even though uh, they are real life happening things, they're not just stories, they really happened. But there's principles in there for us to see and use in our life. And as women of God, what can we draw from from Deborah? What was the fruit of her ministry there? And so I've written a few notes here. I'll just uh, run through them before we get into our slides. First of all... Um, in in Judges chapter four and in, in the very beginning of it, we see that they they were leaning to their own understanding, and the king's name uh, uh, Jabin and Sisrea, his general, their names uh, make make it uh, Jabin is intelligence and to separate and to mentally to understand. And I was looking at that like. Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord. They were leaning to their own understanding. And the Proverbs, in Proverbs 3, it tells us not to lean to our own understanding, but to trust in the Lord and and lean upon Him. And so they weren't doing that, and they got in trouble not doing that. And then they finally cried out to the Lord. And so they were leaning to their own understanding, and then they they got in trouble. They came under bondage to the enemies. And then they cried out to the Lord. And I, I made a note that if you're willing to put up with something, God will let us. If I'm willing to put up, let's put it like that. If I'm willing to put up with something, then God will let me put up with it. But when I get tired of it, then I will press into him. And when I press into him, you know, there's a scripture uh, that I was just looking at recently in, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. The kingdom is taken by suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. When you when we get tired and, and fed up with something, uh, then we need to go to God and say, I'm not leaving here until I find out what the problem is here. And I want I want to get this settled. And when we care that much to press into that, then he he's ready to help us. So when they finally cried out, then God answered and he already had the answer. That's the interesting thing. He already had the answer. In Deborah and Barak, they were sitting in their place waiting for the Lord to send them in into battle, if you will. <clears throat> so God had a hiding place that he'd stored up and made ready when the children of Israel decided to cry out. When they got fed up with their situation and cried out, then God had the answer waiting in the wings. <clears throat> it reminds me of a story 
or um, testimony I heard, I guess, where a church uh, board was trying to decide if they were going to invest in building um, a new education building. And it was going to cost a lot of money, so they were talking about it and everything. Well, there was a man amongst them who had the money to pay for it, and he was ready. He was ready to pay for it. Excuse me. Every time I get up in front of these cameras, my nose wants to run. But he was ready to pay. This man was ready to pay for the building, but he didn't tell them that. He wanted to see if they would step out in faith. And so they discussed it, and they finally decided not to do it. So he just put his checkbook back in his pocket. And didn't offer them the money because they weren't willing to step out and believe God. So when we get fed up with things in our life, we can step out and believe God. I, I know a time when I was praying for somebody in my life. And I'd been praying for like eight years. And it, it seemed like things were getting worse and not better. And so finally I said, Lord, I'm not praying anymore for this person. I'm not going to pray anymore for this person until you tell me how to pray. Because I had reached the point in my life that I knew that Jesus, there's victory in Jesus. And uh, I wasn't seeing the victory for this person. So I just said, I'm not praying anymore until you tell me exactly how to pray. Do you know it wasn't like a morning or two later, I woke up in the morning and I knew exactly how to pray. I knew there was three demons that had this person in bondage. And the Lord named them. And I said, well, Lord, I'm going to wait a little while longer until you tell me. If there's anything else to know, I waited a couple of days and nothing else came. So I got with people of like precious faith and we prayed and took authority over these demonic beings that had this person in bondage. See, I was praying for a healing, but the, the demonic bondage was there and, and man has to move that out of the way. We have the authority over the devil. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go and cast out devils. So man had to cast out the devil, bind the devil, cast him out, and then pray for the healing power of the Holy Spirit to come in. The Holy Spirit was waiting on some man to bind those devils and move those obstacles out of the way. And so uh, I finally did. So when we get fed up, I'm just speaking to someone here today. You're just about fed up. And if you're fed up, then that's good. That's a good place to be. I'm getting about fed up with some of the things going on in our country today. So that's a good place to be. And now we can start believing God. I mean, really seeing how to pray. Seek the Lord and find out how to pray. And not lean to our own understanding that we think we know how to pray. The Holy Spirit is the one that knows how to pray. And he will show us how to pray. So Deborah was in a, dwelling in her secret place. And last week we looked at uh, the uh, aspect of Deborah being in the secret place, but that she, uh, we were looking at Psalm 37 last week, and I just wanted to highlight some of the highlights that we drew from that. Deborah was dwelling in her high place, and Psalm 37 was telling us to fret not ourselves because of evildoers, trust in the Lord and do good, delight thyself also in the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. So I believe Miss Deborah was practicing that. She was practicing those uh, principles in her high place. Amen. She dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah, that place of prosperity and peace. She kept her peace. Uh, remember uh, in um, 
I believe it's in Second uh, Peter where it talks about the woman, and she is um, uh, quiet and gentle spirit. That word quiet means steadfast and immovable. That's what Miss Deborah was doing. She was in her under her palm tree in a high place in the house of God. And so when it came time for God to whistle and say, okay, it's time, they were ready to go. I want to be that way. And that's what we do on a daily basis, line upon line, precept upon precept. We stay ready. I did a sermon years ago called, Are You Faith Ready? Is Our Faith Ready? And I, I read a book some years back about a man who was talking about praying in other tongues. And he, and he was saying that, oh, man, he prayed in other tongues a lot. And he would pray like all day for three days in tongues. But what he said that struck me was when he left the house after that and he got out amongst the people and in the marketplace, when a need arose, he was ready. He had stored, he had, he had, uh, uh, prayed himself up on his most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, and he was ready. If some somebody needed healing of some dramatic need, he was ready. His faith, his heart was strong, his spirit was strong, and he was ready. So um, we want to stay faith ready, Amen. And like that's what De- that's what I've learned from Deborah. She was faith ready, and she was faith ready to do what she was called to do. So um, she was dwelling in the secret place under the Most High God, like Psalm 91 tells us. Those who are dwelling are saying, The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And when I was looking at the note about Deborah dwelling in her secret place, I was reminded uh, as we look at some of the scriptures in a minute that uh, in Luke 1.8 it talks about Zacharias and Elizabeth. You know, when you're in the right place at the right time, uh, let's move on to that that um, third slide, Stephen, if you will. It says, uh, this is Second Thessalonians in chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. But in the very first verses, it says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. I want to back up and and make mention that Deborah was in her proper place. And I would say Barak was too. And so they they were available, faith ready for God to take hold of them and and answer the prayer of Israel crying out because they had been leaning to their own understanding, but God had an answer to deliver them and the answer was prepared and ready, set aside and ready. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. So God's God's word comes in. It has to run its course. It has to run a free course. And that's why we have to move obstacles out of the way. I was praying on that person that I told you about a minute ago for them to be healed. Well, there were obstacles in the way. And I had to seek the Lord to find out what they were and then take authority over them, which is what we're going to look at next time, the authority of the believer take authority over them and move those obstacles out of the way because it says in Isaiah 40 that the that the, we're going to pull down the high things, raise up the low things, make a straight path for the glory of the Lord to be made manifest where all flesh can see it. Amen. So we move the obstacles out of the way. We've got to find out what they are and then bind the devil and move those obstacles out of the way. 
And it says that, that, that the word of the Lord may run a free course and be glorified even as it is with you, that we may be delivered from unreasonable wicked men, for all men have not faith. And we've seen this before, this slide before, but unreasonable means um, out of place. So you can see if Deborah had been out of place then the word of the Lord wouldn't have come to her, actually. I'm thinking of, uh, I was saying in Luke 1, verse 8, where Zacharias and Elizabeth, they had been barren for many years, and the angel of the Lord went to visit him. He, But he was in his order, of course, as a priest. In other words, he showed up for work that day. If he hadn't have showed up for work that day, the angel of the Lord would have missed him, and John the Baptist might not have been born. So we we don't want to miss the word of the Lord. We want to be in our proper place so it can run its free course. And we want to be able to hear it when, because we're going to see that Deborah influenced Barak to his ministry. And so we want to be able to hear the right word uh, of the Lord. Oh, I just had it here. Where did it go? At any rate, here it is. Proverbs 25:11. I love this scripture. <clears throat> it says, "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. A word spoken upon the wheels." So in Ezekiel, it talks about the the being spoken upon the wheels, those wheels that had those eyes in it. That would be like the presence of God. So a word fitly spoken, a word spoken in the presence of God. A word spoken upon the wheels, or fitly spoken, is like... Now, when I dissected this and looked it all up in the Hebrew, this is what I got. A word spoken upon the wheels, fitly spoken, is like a shimmering breath in or upon the imagination of your desires. So, we're going to see that Deborah was in her proper place. She was It's a high place. And, uh, you know, that that's a work of faith right there, to stay in a high place. I mean, we, we th- it's, it's called a work of faith. A work of faith, a labor of love, and a, and a patience of hope. Those are the things. And we labor to enter in to the revelation of the Word so we can rest there. And then the Word carries it onward and gets the job done. But we have to labor to enter in. We have to labor to get that revelation. We have to spend time with the Lord, you know. And a work of faith... It, uh, it just dawned on me as Deborah dwelt in the uh, under her palm tree in that high place. That's a work of faith right there, and that's 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 a crucifying work of faith. I'm sure Deborah would have liked to gone to parties. She'd like to gone off somewhere else. I'm sure there's things that Deborah would have liked to have developed in herself and, and her own giftings in humanity. But the call of God. She she let that rule over her. She let the kingdom principles rule over her. And she was ready when God called on her. So um, that is a work of faith. Amen. So she, she stayed in her place. And that's that's not an easy thing to do sometimes. Not, not to leave your post. If you consider us a, as a military or in the armies of the Lord, the, the, the Lord of hosts, the head of the angel armies uh, being in our proper place holding our position when we'd really like to break and run our human flesh is wanting to break and run and but but we've got to hold our position that's a work of faith and so i appreciate the work of faith that deborah did because she dwelt there 
she stayed in her proper place. And then she assertively, not aggressively, but assertively stepped out, stretched out and called forth Barak to encourage and bring the word of the Lord to him. Barak is the product and the fruit of Deborah's ministry. And the the one thing I want you to know is that in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it, Barak is mentioned in Faith's Hall of Fame. Deborah's not Deborah's not mentioned again after these two ver- these two chapters four and five. She's not mentioned again. She gets she's not getting any credit. So sometimes when you're in the helpership role, you're in the help meet for the man. It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. Sometimes you will take a back seat, and you will not get any glory out of it. But the fruit of your ministry will bring glory to the Lord. And that's the whole point. Amen. And so the kingdom of God um, advancing. If we could get our mind on the kingdom of God advancing and not us advancing personally, the kingdom of God advancing, uh, we would, it would go a lot easier for us. But the kingdom would also prosper because of that. I, I tell you, women, we, God is, is calling his women He's calling us in, and he's asking us to put kingdom first. Thy kingdom come, he said. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, he gets mentioned in Faith's Hall of Fame, but this is the fruit of her ministry. She was submissive to him, and that's a submissive is a military term. She was submissive to him. In fact, I was going to read from this book right here, Woman Imagined. And there's a a place in here where we discuss that from John uh, Temple Bristow's book, What Paul Really Said About Women. He tells us that when when referring to wives, Paul used a form of this word not used regarding children or slaves nor used to describe a conqueror. Paul used this word addressing wives only in the imperative, middle voice form. By doing this, he was instructing wives, not describing them as Aristotle did when he claimed that the male is by nature fitter to command than the female. (laughs) Instead of describing them, he was appealing to them in writing the word in the middle voice form. He was emphasizing the voluntary nature of being subject to. It literally... uh, is in the middle voice form the subject of the verb is acting in a way that affects the subject in other words the subject in the active voice the subject is the doer of the action of the verb in the middle voice the subject is the uh, receiver if you will of the action of a verb so submit yourself to okay submission submit yourself to so he said it's something like give allegiance to tend to the need of, be supportive of, be responsive to. And perhaps the best word is found in German, to place your, oneself at the disposition of. Submission is also a military term referring to taking a position in a flanks of soldiers. In this sense, there is no reference to any idea of rank or status. It was an equal sharing of the task for which the soldiers were ordered. Be supportive, fulfill your part of the assignment. That's what submission actually means. Woman imagined. You can get this book right here. Go on our webpage. Call our office. Woman imagined. It says, woman imagined uh, out of God's mind into your life's destiny. 
That's what we're talking about. What did God have in mind originally when he said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. And and that's one to stand boldly out opposite and to declare in detail. And that's what we see Deborah doing. She she was assertively, she stood boldly, and she went to Barak and she said, Hath not God commanded thee? And see, it was going on inside of him. He just needed someone to come alongside and succor, come up under and succor him. And I think that's what our the men need today. They need the woman to come in from the fields, come in from out there doing all their own thing come in and take God's call on their lives seriously and succor come up under and support and you know fulfill our part of the assignment in the image of God amen so she was submissive a military term she honored the call of God in him she took it time out of her busy schedule to go with him she didn't say I have four meetings today and I don't I can't do this she she was ready to go with the call of God she allowed him to lead her. That's a real important point, ladies. That uh, now, when we talk about submission like this, we talk about allowing him to lead. We're talking about when you've made a covenant agreement with a person in a marriage, and uh, you you don't have to allow every man to lead every woman. We're talking about when you've made a covenant promise. But I believe through the years of studying this and and paying attention to it let's put it like that that we learn these principles in the home and then we take them out to the marketplace and practice them uh, in the sense that I'm a married woman I'm not called to submit to all men but to my husband but as I learn to submit to my husband and practice the art of submission it's it's an art and it's a release of power it's a release of power. And so remember Jesus was submitted unto death at the cross to the Father. He submitted his life unto death at the cross. What did that do? It, it broke up when all eternity of the spirit realm for all mankind. He, he bore the sins of the whole world, sickness and disease. He changed history through his act of submission. You don't know the kind of change you can bring on because of your acts of submission but you learn that in the home with your covenant partner and then when I go out into the marketplace I understand uh, a little more how to be submissive have a submissive attitude I'm not going to submit to everything somebody tells me necessarily because they might not be right and I'm not called by God to do that but I will have a more submissive respectful attitude towards the men that I have to interact with and so um that's where you learn that, though, at the home. The same with the man. He learns how to love his wife as Christ loves the church. He learns that in the marriage relationship in the home. But when he goes out, then he shows women that same kind of respect and um, honor that, that she's learning in the home also. So we learn in our home principles. And that's unfortunately with the family units being destroyed today. Uh, we're missing out on a lot of that. So. She allowed him to lead her. And in your covenant partnership, if you don't allow them to lead you, where are they going to learn? What we're eventually going to get to, and I think we're going to probably have to, well, let's just jump ahead. We're, we're going to take care of this last thing. The, the thing that we want to look at is that uh, God's answer. Remember, uh, let's look at slide um, 
six, Stephen, if you don't mind. I'm running out of time, so I want to be sure and get this in. I want to be sure and get this in because it's talking about the flabby leadership. And um, it talks in, in Psalm, I mean, in slide six, it talks about the inhabitants of the villages. Remember in Judges chapter five, they began to sing about their great, they won their war. They began to sing about their great uh, triumph. And part of the song was, in Judges 5-7, the inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, and that I arose a mother in Israel. So it looks like the answer to their cry from the beginning, they had been leaning to their own understanding. He had it stored up, made ready in Deborah and Barak. The answer to that cry was, till I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. Well, what did she do as a mother in Israel? She said to Barak, hath not God commanded me? She the she called him she called out him she called out that with a word spoken upon the wheels fitly spoken a shimmering breath enter upon the imagination of the desire of god in barak she spoke to that and she knew to speak to that and she had a uh she was sensitive because of her dwelling place she was sensitive to hear the word of the lord so she um uh, she spoke into the call of God in his life. Oh man, I just I pray for communication skills to help get this. This I see it in my spirit. Sometimes it's hard to say it with words, but she called herself a mother in Israel. Till I, Deborah, I arose. It says the villages ceased. The villages was magistrate, leader, warrior, chieftains, and they ceased. They were flabby and weak the villages so the if you want to say chieftains magistrates leaders and warriors were weak and they were flabby and until i deborah arose arose a mother in israel so somehow the motherhood of god the redemptive side of god the female image of god affects strong leadership and uh, you know it's uh, the what is the slide i always show about the the um the spiritual state of the nation, the moral state of the nation reflects the spiritual state of its women. So our morals are down the tubes in this nation, in the world, actually. It's that time in, in the age that we live in. But the answer to the cry is for women to arise, for the mothers of Israel to come to the forefront and to care about the kingdom and about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ with the heart of the Father. You know, turning the hearts of the Father, the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Our ministry can do that. Deborah's ministry did that. She didn't get much, she didn't get any credit for it in the earth, in Hebrews, but the fruit of her ministry was in the Faith Hall of Fame. That's, that's good news. That's her ministry, the fruit of her ministry that's eternal. And and then she's in the she's in the the book of life. So I just encourage you to seek the Lord as to what He has for you, if as a woman, what part you play in His kingdom. Because it's a very important part, even even to the point of you know the hand that rules the rocks the cradle rules the world. I, I know when I was a young mother and at home with kids, I felt like 
life was passing me by and all these people were having these wonderful lives and there I was stuck at home folding diapers we did fold diapers back then <laughs> and and doing baby clothes and taking care of kids and fixing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and of course now I realize that was the best time of my life I mean that's that's a great time and I realized the value of that time so maybe you have small children at home. I always encourage women with small children to enjoy them while they're there and while they're small. Because life goes through many stages and changes. But enjoy those children while they're small and babies. So uh, the one thing I want to get to before we leave is that, then this is very important. The motherhood, the mother in Israel, she arose a mother in Israel. Mother spells out is is spells out redemption, and we've seen that before. And then it says uh, in Proverbs, the motherhood of God is the redemptive side of God, and we've seen in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen in the Amplified it says where there's no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The people are naked without the redemptive revelation of God, which comes from a woman walking in holiness, uh, being chaste in her in her holy, in in her walk. A man can be won without a word by observing the chaste behavior of the woman. Amen. So, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. And that was the one that hooked my jaw when I was studying these, learning about my purpose, position, and power as a woman. And um, the thing I want you to realize that, that Deborah said, till I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. So the leadership was weak. The highways were empty and crooked. The people were robbing and stealing and killing on the highways and byways. Leadership was weak until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. Now, what I want you to see, so evidently mothers in Israel have something to do with strong leadership. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it's, it's um, uh, slide 16. We're going to miss a few because I, I just want to get through with this. I want to get through this and I, and I go off on many real rabbit trails so I don't get finished, but... This will finish us up today. When he saw the multitudes, this is Jesus. Now, Jesus has been healing the sick, seeing tons of miracles. And and the the miracle working power of God working in his ministry. And, he's, and, he, and he says, when he saw the multitudes, Matthew 9, 36, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He, he, he wasn't moved. He was moved with compassion on them because they were like sheep having no shepherd because their leadership was weak and flabby. That's what stirred the compassion. All the sickness and disease that he had seen healed, it doesn't say that moved him with compassion. He just went about his father's business doing that. But what really moved his heart was to see all those people with no direction, no strong leadership, nobody setting the path, actually no head on their shoulders, no authoritative figure to, to, that cared about them and would take good care of them. And that's what stirred the heart of God. 
And I believe it's stirring the heart of God today. That we are like sheep without a shepherd. So as women of God, let's invest our time in praying. Praying for the mothers of Israel to come to come forth. Praying for the Baraks, for the word of the Lord to, to come through them, to speak to the Baraks and the Daniels and the Davids and whoever else is out there. That we would rise up like Esther, Queen Esther in her authority, which we're going to look at, start looking at next week about the authority of the believer and why it's so important for women to know the authority of the believer. Amen. I just pray for us right now in the name of Jesus that as women of God we will find the fullness of our destinies, the fullness of the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to live out his part in us this what started me off on this was lord how do you want to live your life through me as a female and so um, that's what we cry out how do you want to live your life through us lord as females made in the image of god amen and i just praise praise the lord for you and look forward to seeing you next week god bless Thank you for listening to this podcast. We also live stream on Facebook and YouTube on Thursdays at noon. Hope to see you there.